The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. This beautiful Thursday afternoon in California Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we take a look at the myriad of topics that affect you and me right here in California Central Valley. Thank you so much for joining us and being part of the conversation Monday through Friday here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I um, I want to ease into things today because especially for those of you who are driving, we're going to get into some topics today uh, that may be somewhat distracting to you if you're on the road. So I'm going to give you a warning when we approach those. So I'm going to ease into that uh, with, with one or two topics here at the very beginning, just uh, updates. Gas prices, and if you're on the road, I am sure you are very aware of this. Uh, gas prices in, in and continue to rise. The national average now is 4.418 per gallon. Uh, In California, it's $5.853 per gallon. And let's see. Let's look at the counties right now that are generally within our radio signal here. The lowest county is Stanislaus, believe it or not, uh, 5.637. Uh, next would be Tuolumne, 5.653. Uh, let's see, uh, Merced, 5.742. Uh, fourth uh, lowest would be San Joaquin, 5.749. Then Calaveras, 5.844. Mariposa, 5.882. Contra Costa County, 5.907. And then the next would be Santa Clara, 5.941. Then Alameda at 5.954. Mono County, 6.697. So there you go. There you go. That How wonderful it was that President Biden decided to dump the, uh, the wonderful XL pipeline. Right? They, they could have brought us millions of gallons by now from Canada, the Keystone XL pipeline. But no, no, and and thanks to uh, President Biden and uh, the policies here in California, thanks to Governor Newsom, uh, we're all against, all against drilling for oil, aren't we? We'll have none of that gas and oil business, no matter the fact that it uh, it fuels, no pun intended, some 6,000 or more products and when we talk about electric vehicles the gas and oil products are what help make those vehicles and the things that make them run it it is we're living in the twilight zone i expect rod serling for those of you old enough to remember him i expect rod serling to to come around the corner at uh, at any point and uh, do an introduction to the twilight zone that's that's where we are And again, I mention that because we do have primaries coming up, a primary election coming up on June 7, the general election coming up, the midterms in November 2022, not too far away. And of course, the presidential election, the big one coming up in 2024, if uh, if. 
the policies of the current administrations don't send us down the tubes before then. I believe, I believe there are enough of us who are willing to stand tall, stand firm, stand for what's right, uh, to do appropriate pushbacks uh, so that, that we can right the ship. That That's my glass half full, forever the somewhat optimist viewpoint. All right, uh, and, and I want to talk just very briefly about a story, a uh, topic that I saw come up a couple of days ago. City of Modesto made what I think is a, a good decision a couple of days on Tuesday. Apparently, a majority of the council voted against allowing electric scooter rentals in Modesto. Uh, The people opposing that cited concerns over liability, traffic accidents, and not enough uh, police officers to ensure safety for the scooters. So uh, the council vote was 4-2 to against the pilot program. Uh, the two who would like to have seen the pilot program go, uh, Councilman Chris Rickey and uh, Tony Madrigal, uh, Mayor Sue Zwallen and Council Members David Wright, Rosa Escudia-Bratton, and uh, Jenny Knoyer voted against the pi- uh, pilot program. Now, why, Mike, why do you care? Why do you think this is a, a good move? Have you, I'm sure you've seen those scooters. We recently saw them. We were in um, Washington, D.C. in the Virginia area back around uh, Christmas time. Uh, was it Christmas? Anyway, uh, we, we were there recently. And uh, there were a lot of these scooters. You can, you can find a lot of these scooters around uh, Washington, D.C. And, you know, you, you rent them and somehow they're tracked by GPS. And I think you can do your credit card or something. And you can take these uh, little motorized scooters and scoot around uh, the city. Well, why would, and by the way, they were saying that uh, this would help Modesto with about $10,000 a year because the city of Modesto would get a cut from the company that operates the scooters. You say, well, Mike, if, if you're going to get $10,000 a year, why not? What's, what's wrong with that? Well, what to me, what did not seem wise in that is that the Modesto B had just reported, I think on Sunday, that the California Office of Traffic Safety ranked Modesto the worst for traffic crashes among its similar cities in 2019, which is the last year they had uh, for which they had statistics. Uh, Modesto was ranked uh, among 59 California cities, you know, with a population 1,000 to 250 residents. So anyway, the point being that Modesto, having been ranked the worst in automobile accidents and crashes in 2019, and I travel the Modesto streets a lot, and I have to tell you, it's uh, often nerve-wracking, especially if you're on McHenry Avenue. I try to avoid McHenry Avenue, and for those of you who may have businesses on McHenry, I apologize to you. I'm just being real. I try to stay off McHenry. I was advised by a a uh, wonderful pastor by the name of Charlie Crane. He's we kind of consider him the the bishop of pastors in in Modesto. Uh, Charlie, a long time pastor and chaplain in our area. Anyway, many years ago, he was telling me that his advice to his daughter was uh, to st- after she got her driver's license, stay off of McHenry Avenue. 
uh, the last two times I hit, I've been hit, I think was on McHenry Avenue. Uh, one of them in, in a, uh, in a smaller car, uh, which did some, did do some damage. But the other time it was, it was a corker. I was in my 1994 <laughs> Ford F-150 pickup truck, which is like a tank. That's the truck that we used to do the graffiti wipeouts uh, with for so many years with advancing vibrant communities. And uh, it was a five-car crash. This guy, four cars behind me, in a rented a rented red sports car, apparently was zipping up McHenry, uh, approach, northbound approaching Briggsmore, and uh, I guess was texting or on his cell or something to that effect. Anyway, he plowed out. He plowed into the at a, at a fairly uh, terrific impact. The car in front of him, which created a chain reaction of four other cars. The car behind me hit me, having been jettisoned ahead by the energy from the other three or four cars. And of course, it didn't even scratch. You wouldn't even notice a scratch on my old tank of a Ford F-150, but man, it, it tore up his grill. Anyway, the point being that uh, I think the city of Modesto made a good decision here. Um, uh, Rosa Escudia Bratton uh, from the Modesto City Council, I think made a good, made a good point. She said uh, electric scooters are really a good idea for the right city at the right time. Unfortunately, I don't think that is Modesto. I agree with her, and I, I want to applaud the, the Modesto City Council, I, I think, and, and I understand <clears throat> Council um, Enrique and, and Madrigal. I also understand why you might want those, but I think overall, considering the traffic problems and such, that we may have avoided uh, some catastrophes by what I think is a, a, wise, uh, a wise vote by the Modesto City Council this week. All right, coming up, and I I told you, especially (laughs) speaking of of traffic issues, those of you who are driving, here's my warning. Coming up, I may be providing you with some information and uh, some sound bites, which may be distracting to you. So I'm I'm giving you fair warning in uh, in three minutes that we'll be talking about some issues that may be distracting, if not frustrating, to you. So uh, just be aware of your surroundings if you're driving, and 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 don't let these issues uh, distract you from good driving. All right. So there's there's my public service warning coming up in three minutes. We're going to talk about ice. That's right, not not the cold stuff. No, the immigration ice. And the fact that they may, may they may be tracking three out of four of us. <laughs> not not just illegal immigrants, but three out of four of us as Americans. Have that information coming up in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to The Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation. Here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Well, let's start the conversation with this. Apparently, there is a a new report. Uh, should have a drum roll for that. There is a new report from Georgetown Law that says ICE, that's Immigration and Customs Enforcement, 
is tracking Americans through personal information the agency was able to buy. That's right. Apparently, researchers at Georgetown Law found that ICE bought, they purchased, driver's license and utility bill information that is able to track the movements of three in four adults in the U.S., And apparently, the agency bought that information from existing data brokers. It seems to me maybe ICE being a law enforcement type agency, aren't aren't warrants required for all? Anyway, local, uh, that's upset a lot of local immigration uh, folks. And I've got to be honest with you, I think it upsets me a little bit. Here's some other people it upsets. Uh, Ev Mead is the director of Proceso Pacifico, a peace and justice initiative in Mexico. And he's worried, even uh, from the Mexico side, about all of this ability of ICE to be able to track three out of four Americans. Why are they able to do things that are so intrusive for so many Americans, both citizens and, and, and residents of the country? Well, that's a, that's a very good question. Here, here's another uh, a comment from uh, Amira Yosofi, uh, the Deputy Director of Partnership for the Advancement of New Americans. I didn't know there was an organization like that. But anyway, Omira uh, uh, says all U.S. residents ought to be concerned about the facts contained in this report. I'm concerned that we're breaking trust with our communities, and not only with our immigrant communities, but all Americans should be infuriated about this. So are you comfortable with ICE? And again, I am such a, I have always been so pro-law enforcement. The problem that I see right now is, especially on the federal level, the the decision makers, the higher ups, the the upper echelons of the administration are using law enforcement inappropriately. Are you are you comfortable with ICE having tracking information on three out of four of us from data brokers? Are are you okay with that? 209-551-3483. Again, apparently, uh ICE, according to Georgetown Law, if their report is correct, if it's accurate, they purchased driver's license information and utility bill information, and they're able to track the movements of three out of four of us in the U.S. Are you comfortable with ICE having this capability? Again, our number here, 209-551-3483. And to add to that, did you know that there's a cradle-to-career data system in California? Yeah, the Office of Cradle-to-Career Data, apparently, according to a governor's press release today, assigned landmark legal agreements with 15 educational, social service, and workforce entities that allow for the creation of data sets on student progress from pre-kindergarten through college and employment. These milestones, they say, 
make progress toward creating a transformative statewide data system that will link together existing data on education, workforce, financial aid, and social services to create tools for use by students, family, policymakers, researchers, and the public. What what would you call this? I call this spying on us. I call this Big Brother. So we not only have ICE spying on us, apparently, but now the state of California from cradle through employment at least they're they are uh, they are going to be spying on us as well uh, our f- number here 209-551-3483 let's go to the phones very quickly uh nick from modesto what do you think about this uh can you where did you uh get that information can you cite where three out of four people are or followed by ICE. I didn't hear where you you'd mentioned that. Yeah, uh, this you is know, where that information came from. Yes, this is a uh, this is a report that has come from Georgetown Law, and uh, this is uh, out of San Diego. And apparently, George researchers at Georgetown Law have produced this report, saying that ICE has purchased driver's license and utility bill information is able to track the movements of three out of four three out of four adults in the u.s well i feel sorry for the poor poor guy that's going to be following me because i'm a pretty boring dude <laughs> touche i mean really i mean uh, that that would be that would be an assignment to punish somebody to follow me around and check me out because uh <laughs> There's not much going on. It's exciting or criminalized or any of that. So, well, there's uh, there there's That's one fine. way to look at it, Nick. I I like that too. Okay. All right, Nick. Thank thanks Take for the, <laughs> thanks for the call. Nick saying, "Hey, go ahead, hurt me. You know, follow me. Uh, you're not going to find much. I leave kind of a, a lead kind of a boring life. I don't uh, I don't know that that's going to be a." Uh, a big deal or not. My concern, especially with this uh, California uh, data processing thing, is that they're they're going to be able to track a lot of what we are and a lot of what we do. And so it's really, unless it comes to taxes, I don't think it's the state of California's business knowing what I make, uh, where I'm going, and what my location is. And so, I, by, by the way, my, my wife, the nurse practitioner, says she, she was just doing telemedicine with someone. We were talking about elect, electric scooters a couple of minutes ago. Just talked to uh, somebody who had been hit by a car in L.A., and they were on one of those uh, kinds of electric scooters. So a uh, uh, dangerous thing. Well, we're also going to talk about these driverless cars in San Francisco they're also keeping track of us. <laughs> we'll talk about that, too, coming up in five minutes on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Stand by for the news, weather, and traffic. 
Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this beautiful Thursday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation, as we have the opportunity to talk over the big issues of the day that are affecting you and me directly. And we've been talking, just a quick note or two, I just got this note from one of our listeners, Sean. We were talking about uh, Modesto City Council saying not right now for those electric scooters that you can rent in uh, some other major cities. He says scooters would be a disaster for a couple of reasons. He says uh, criminals or homeless taking them. That's interesting. And he says you nailed it. People out here drive crazy. I can see accidents being an issue and uh, then that probably good point. He says maybe once we get more traffic officers here in Modesto, we can revisit this. Uh, right now, I believe the uh, the uh, motor squad for Modesto, the traffic officers, number about four with a sergeant, I think. Uh, so I, I I would agree with that. I think uh, you know once some of these traffic issues are dealt with, maybe uh, uh, they can revisit uh, the electric sco- electric scooters. But I think it was a good decision not to uh, not to do that right now. All right. Speaking of roadways and such, San Francisco. Uh, you may be aware that San Francisco has some driverless cars. And uh, I think uh, there's a couple, I think two companies maybe that do this, uh, Waymo and uh, Cruise. Uh, General Motors, Motors, I think, is uh, is Cruise. But anyway, they they have uh, driverless vehicles that uh, I believe are doing, I guess, might we call it beta testing in, in San Francisco. Anyway, apparently... San Francisco police are using driverless cars as mobile surveillance uh, cameras. Uh, They're saying autonomous vehicles are recording their surroundings continuously and have the potential to help with investigative leads. That's that's interesting. Um, they, uh, They say that investigations uh, have uh, already done this several times in in terms of using that information. Now, this was uncovered apparently by a, um, a, I guess it's a blog or a journalistic agency, I'm not sure, called Motherboard. Uh, It sounds like it's very uh, Silicon Valley-ish. Anyway, they, uh, they apparently got a document, a training document from uh, that San Francisco PD uses. Now, there's some concern about this. Uh, Electronic Frontier Foundation senior staff attorney Adam Schwartz told Motherboard that uh, cars in general are troves of personal consumer data, but autonomous vehicles will have even more of that data. So, he's, quote, so when we see any police department identifying AVs, those are autonomous vehicles, as new sources of evidence, that's very concerning. And then Chris uh, Gilliard, he's a visiting research fellow at Harvard Kennedy School Shorenstein Center. 
says as companies continue to make public roadways their testing grounds for these vehicles, everyone should understand them for what they are, rolling surveillance devices that expand existing widespread spying technologies. Look, how do you feel about that? Are, are I, I'm okay with that as long as everybody knows that they have those cameras and they're doing surveillance. What I don't like is when it's like an undercover car. If, uh, if, if the autonomous vehicle is being used for surveillance, then there needs to be something on that vehicle that identifies it as taking surveillance pictures. I mean, isn't that what they use right now as you drive around your towns? Uh, when you see police cameras or sheriff cameras, law enforcement cameras, normally they have little flashing lights, often blue or red or blue and red. And there's uh, usually uh, some uh, indication that you are being surveilled, monitored by law enforcement. I don't like the fact that apparently these are covert monitoring systems. So what do you think? Whether And I know this is in San Francisco, but these autonomous vehicles, uh, if they work out in San Francisco, I would assume that they'll be coming to our areas as well. I believe, and I'm, I'm digging deep into my synaptic files here, I think in Arizona, maybe Phoenix, uh, they're they're actually doing this now, and it, it, like like uh, instead of uh, hailing down a car from Uber with a live driver, uh, that you would hail down an autonomous vehicle, or I guess you would order it on your phone. I I, I would assume, or computer, and uh, then then the driverless vehicle would meet you wherever you are and take you wherever you want to go. I, for one, am not comfortable with an autonomous driverless vehicle taking me somewhere. Maybe I just have control issues. How about you? I, I don't know that I'm comfortable stepping into a vehicle, especially if it's in the back seat where I can't, where I can't grab the steering wheel uh, of a driverless uh, vehicle. I, I am not, uh, first of all, I don't know that I'd get in one, but, but secondly, again, I don't know that I'm opposed to the surveillance. What I'm opposed to is there's no indication on the car. I don't believe saying that it's doing the surveillance. What do you think? Should these number one, should these driverless vehicles be doing surveillance? And number two, should they have some indication on them that they're, they have that capability? Our number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. So there's a theme. There's a theme that we have here. First of all, we, we've been talking uh, about ICE and its ability. According to this uh, Georgetown Research Group, uh, I believe in San Diego, that ICE now can basically track three out of four, uh, three out of four Americans, three out of four of us, 
And then we have uh, the state of California tracking uh, students, children from pre-kindergarten through education, through college, into their employment with uh, statistics. And, and now we have these driverless vehicles surveilling us while they're taking people wherever they need to go. Does any of this bother you? 209-551-3483, our number here. Uh, Ann just messaged in that uh, she agrees with Nick, who called uh, a little bit ago. Uh, and his his basic comment, if I could paraphrase him, was, hey, they can surveil me all they want. I'm pretty boring. Uh, Ann says, uh, same here. Um, I... <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think the, the problem is the old slippery slope. As long as uh, that information is not used against us, I guess that's fine. Uh, I just don't like the idea of being tracked. I, I think in a, in a country called the United States of America and a nation that we're, we, we were founded upon liberties and, and freedom. And if government now is tracking us, we're already being tracked by social media. We're being tracked by the big tech tech companies. I understand that. And that is because we are engaged with them. I and mean, we, we ask for that in a way if we're on social media. <clears throat> if we use Google. I don't use Google, by the way. I know that Google is kind of like, the word Kleenex. You know, people take a tissue, they call it a Kleenex, whether it's made by Kleenex or not. And people say, I'm going to Google this, whether they actually use Google as their search engine or not. I don't use Google. I don't use Google at all, ever. I use an an alternate uh, search uh, engine that at least purports not to keep track of what (laughs) what you're browsing. And uh, the, what is it? It's uh, I use uh, DuckDuckGo. Uh, do you use that? I'm sure it's not perfectly uh, uh, safe, but I think it's safer than than Google. So I, I think the the issue here for me is the increasing intrusion of government into my private life. Uh, don't uh, don't like that much. Does it bother you? 209-551-3483. We'll continue the conversation in three minutes. Here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. All right, back with the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We've been talking about government growing, government growing, government basically in, intruding upon what I believe is our, our private business. Now, some of you are saying, well, they can track me all they want. I'm kind of boring, but uh, I, I I think we're headed into a, a uh, 1984 Type society here, and I said, "Oh, Mike, you're overreacting." Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. I've worked for government. I worked for government for 25 years before entering 
uh, vocational ministry, and I, um, I know the power. I know the power of government, and government does some things well. There are some things that doesn't do well. And uh, caring about you as an individual, except for the emergency services areas, is uh, really not one of their uh, one of their strong points. Speaking about that, there's a new proposal coming out of uh, the governor's office now, and this is, Governor Newsom is going to be proposing an 18.1 billion with a B, 18.1 billion inflation relief package. Now, as I go through some of these points, remember that this doesn't deal with the cause of inflation. All right, so that, remember that. As we're reading this, none of this is, is addressing the root cause of inflation. It, the, so well, let me just go over the numbers here. Uh, the governor is uh, still saying he wants to send $400 checks to every eligible registered vehicle owner. Uh, capped at two checks per individual. That's $11.5 billion right there. And then uh, $2.7 billion for emergency rental assistance uh, for qualified low-income tenants who requested assistance, rental assistance, before March 31st. $1.4 billion to help California pay past-due utility bills. Huh. And I would assume that's because of the governor's own draconian lockdown COVID-19 measures. Now he's willing to give Californians $1.4 billion to help pay past due utility bills. Well, that's, uh, let's see, $1.2 billion for electricity, $200 million for water bills. Do you have a past due utility bill? I'd be very interested to see if you qualify. Now, let's see, $933 million for hospital and nursing home staff. I mean, for hospital and nursing home staff. Uh, $1,500 to hospital and skilled nursing facility workers who were delivering care to acute patients during the COVID-19 pandemic and saved thousands of lives. Well, there are other. What? Why the hospital and nursing home staff? I mean, if, if you're, I, I applaud you if you're working in that industry. But I guess my question is, why do you deserve $1,500 any more than a lot of other people, the truckers out there who tried to keep working during the pandemic, the, those people who, who kept doing what they do, who had to sacrifice to do what they do? What, what about those nonprofits? What about advancing vibrant communities? And we were we kept going throughout the entire pandemic, uh, the draconian lockdowns and the we 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 abided by the rules. We had our people keep masks on and we had we had the proper distancing thing going. We kept going. How about fifteen hundred dollars to all of our volunteers? How about that? Mm, yeah, I doubt they'll do that. Uh, $750 million for free public transit. Wow. To provide three months of free public transportation for communities throughout the state. How about $304 million to make health coverage more affordable for middle-class families? 
By the way, they define uh, middle-class families as families uh, of four earning up to 166500 annually. So it extends insurance premium assistance. Would you qualify for that? $435 million to pause the diesel sales tax. Well, he didn't have much luck trying to pause the sales tax on gas. California legislature didn't like that. Uh, so he says, how about a 12-month pause in the sales tax rate for diesel fuel? That would provide $439 million in relief. And then... $157 million to waive child care fees for low-income families. And that would benefit, they say, for 40,000 low-income California families with savings of up to, well, almost $600 per month. So what do you think? Is, is this wise? Do you, do you agree with uh, this $18.1 billion inflation relief package? How long do you think it would provide relief from inflation, these particular, these particular items? Again, uh, $11.5 billion for tax refunds, $2.7 billion for emergency rental assistance, $1.4 billion to help Californians pay utility bills, $933 million for hospital and nursing home staff, $750 million for free public transit for three months, $304 million to make health care coverage more affordable for qualifying families, $439 million to pause the diesel sales tax, and $157 million to waive child care fees for low-income families. Is this the job of California? Don't you... Th- well, who? By the way, who who's paying for this? Well... You and I are, right? You and I are. Do, do you think you and I are going to benefit much from this? And it says inflation relief. How long do you think this will provide relief from inflation? I'm thinking it will contribute to the increase in inflation. I would uh, I would like to uh, I would like to see them just reduce our taxes period. And there's an addendum here that I I didn't mention as well. They're looking at raising California's minimum wage to fifteen fifty per hour, beginning January first, twenty twenty three. I'll tell you what's going to happen with this minimum wage as they keep increasing it. Businesses, especially small businesses, are going to have to shut down. The the you you. At, at some point, you can't sell more widgets or hamburgers or whatever you're doing as a small business. And in the nonprofit realm, let me speak from experience here. We can't just go out and say, hey, folks, donate more money to us because the minimum wage is going up and, and we need to, for the very few uh, two full-time and one part-time employees we have. We need to make sure we abide by Californians' wage structure. Uh, so so we're asking you to give more because California is demanding more. That doesn't cut it. People don't respond to that. Does Newsom not understand the dynamics of this? We're headed for financial ruin. Here in California, not to mention 
the uh, inflation policies uh, or the policies that have led to inflation uh, by the Biden administration. And then this is no longer partisan politics here. This is just flat out reality. And again, I ask you to keep in mind the the primaries coming up on June 7 in the not too distant future and then the uh, general election coming up in uh, November of 2022. And speaking of those elections, what do you think? Is this really more about not so much out of the kindness of Sacramento's clavicles, but if it's about buying votes for these upcoming elections? What do you think? Talk more about it in five minutes. Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360, KFIV. The show you love with even more local local news news and more local talk. talk. The Voice of the Valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to our number two of the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Always my honor and privilege to serve as your concierge for conversation as we have the ability to be live and local and talk through the issues of the day that affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley. And uh, as long as we are here, we are committed to that live and local presence for you to make sure that your voice is known, your voice is heard, and that we have the opportunity to learn from each other. Our telephone number here, 209 209- Five five one three four eight three. A couple of quick notes here. Uh, apparently, the Supreme Court is holding a private meeting today. I would assume that means no law clerks, uh, definitely no press. Apparently, it's the first time uh, that they've gathered uh, since the <laughs> since the unauthorized leak of Justice Alito's apparent majority opinion regarding uh, Roe v. Wade. Uh, So the justices are meeting today. Wouldn't you like to be a fly in the wall? They probably don't even allow flies in there. They probably have zappers and make sure there's no no flies that that could be mechanical flies recording things. I guess I've watched too many James Bond movies or something. Anyway, Supreme Court justice meeting today. And uh, a couple rumors flying around about when they might come out with some of these decisions. However, the uh, journalistic training in me, the journalistic integrity kicks in, and I don't operate on rumors, so we always wait till we have uh, at least two, hopefully three sources on any particular subject. So um, I don't deal with rumors. But anyway, we'll we'll see when the justices come out with. Uh, some of their uh, some of their decisions, and regarding in that same vein, uh, Modesto B is saying apparently this Saturday there will be a rally, uh, bands off our bodies rally on Saturday at Planned Parenthood on McHenry Avenue from ten to eleven thirty a.m. 
abortion rights supporters apparently will hold a bands off our bodies uh, rally there, co-sponsored by Invisible Stanislaus, Stanislaus County Commission for Women, and Planned Parenthood Marmonte. Uh, they say uh, Invisible Stanislaus organizer Lise Talbot. I Not that she's invisible, but there's organization apparently Invisible Stanislaus organizer Lise Talbot, uh, who's also a Waterford City Councilwoman. Uh, said the rallies to show support for abortion rights uh, all over the country. Uh, quote, these rights are really at risk for more than half the states. We want to encourage people to take action. We have a lot of women who have been fighting this fight for our for a decade. So I'm sure that will uh, that will be a, a spirited rally again coming up this uh, this Saturday. And uh, I, I I hope and pray. If there, because this was published in the B, I hope and literally pray that if there are pro-life people that show up to counter-protest, that they will conduct themselves with dignity and restraint, make their voices known absolutely, but not to take the bait and cross the line of from free speech to doing unwise things that has happened so many times so uh we'll see uh we'll see what happens and i'm by the another thing on McHenry avenue um saturdays i rarely get out that's my study day uh for sermons and such and putting technical stuff together for the uh, congregations I serve, so I'm rarely out on Saturdays. But if I were to be out on Saturday, I would probably avoid McHenry Avenue, especially in uh, in that area. All right, speaking. Oh, here's another positive. I like to bring positive things when when I can uh, when I can. the The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. Can anything good come out of the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals? Well, yes. A three-judge panel found that California's ban on semi-automatic rifle sales to young adults burdens their Second Amendment right to defend themselves in the home. Apparently, this is the first decision, the first of its kind by a federal appeals court and it's considered to be a victory to gun rights advocates at a time when the scope of the Second Amendment is under review by the Supreme Court. Judge Ryan D. Nelson, who, by the way, is a Donald Trump appointee, uh, said in the opening line of Wednesday's opinion, America would not exist without the hero- heroism of young adults who fought and died in our revolutionary army. He went on to say, today we reaffirm that our Constitution still protects that right that enabled their sacrifice, the right of young adults to keep and bear arms. Judge Nelson wrote that the tradition, the tradition of young adults keeping and bearing arms is deep-rooted in English law and custom. And that decision reversed a ruling by U.S. District Judge M. James Lorenz in San Diego, who was a Clinton appointee. And so, anyway, uh, I, I think that's uh, that is a uh, a good ruling. Judge Kenneth K. Lee apparently joined uh, the majority opinion there. 
Um, Judge Lee writing in concurrence, if California can deny the Second Amendment right to young adults based upon their group's disproportionate involvement in violent crimes, then the government can deny that right as well as other rights to other groups. The dissenting voice was Sidney H. Stein, a Clinton appointee, uh, who said that there's a substantial and substantiated justification for enactment of the semiotic automatic rifle regulation. So I, uh, I applaud the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. I think this is a good decision that defends the Second Amendment. Um, goodness sakes, uh, don't we send uh, young, young men and women to war? We can send them to war. Can we not? Can we not equip them with what they need to defend themselves at home? And I don't care how old you are, but uh, need to learn to defend yourself. In many, not not just with weapons. Period. I think that's part of good parenting, and that's just me. You may disagree. I think part of good parenting is to make sure we provide our children, not force them, but provide them with the opportunity to learn how to defend themselves with their hands, with their feet, their legs, their bodies, their arms, their elbows, and also, if they're interested, how to safely handle weapons. The worst thing we can do is hand a weapon to someone who is not trained on how to use it. And that's why my encouragement is uh, to all those who hold CCW permits, and even if you just have weapons at home, train regularly. Please train regularly because we can't hurt ourselves, we can't hurt others, and be counterproductive if, if we don't train. Because in emergency situations, we respond the way we train. Think of it as an, as, uh, as an athlete. Think of it as think of the, of the fact that you're a track star, you're uh, you're running, and uh, you're running a sprint. I don't know how fifty meters. I don't know whatever it is. You're running a sprint. You're on the on the blocks, and the the gun goes off. At that point, all your training comes into instant play. The way you've trained is the way you get out of the blocks. You're not thinking, well, I'm going to put pressure on this foot first with this amount of energy, and I'm going to put this arm forward. You're not thinking about that. You've already trained how to do that. For those of us who are musicians, when I know there are a couple of you out there in our listening audience, when we perform a piece of music, we train, we practice hard. Because when we get in front of the audience, our training, our practice kicks in. If we have to worry about where the slurs are and, and uh, whether the, uh, uh, the eighth notes are going to be played in strict time or in uh, a jazz-type time, uh, we're, we're lost. It's going to be a dud performance. So this really applies to, to, uh, to weapons as well. And so again, my encouragement to those of you who, uh, who have them may have CCW permits, make sure that, uh, that you train properly and often again, uh, applause from the Mike Douglas show to the U S uh, ninth circuit court of appeals for that, uh, that particular decision. All right, coming up, 
the baby formula shortage. Are you affected by this? Are you a parent, grandparent, aunt, uncle, great-grandparent, caregiver? Are you being affected by this baby formula shortage? We're, we're going to uh, we're going to dig deep into this issue and uh, maybe find some things that may not make you real happy about one of the things that's being that's contributing to the shortage from Washington, D.C. All right. Come on up in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion. A minister with manners. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Again, here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Our phone number here, 209-551-3483. Before I get to the baby formula shortage issue and maybe a surprising thing you may not know about that, let's go to the phones and up uh, up to God's country up there in Sonora. Jenna on the line with us. Hi, Jenna. Welcome. What's on your mind today? Oh, thank you so much. I, I love your show. Um, my question is, for my family, if someone comes into my home and we had to shoot them, what are my rights and what would be the process? Of would I be arrested or would that go on my record? I know it depends on each case. I just want to know what my rights are defending myself and defending my family because if someone comes into my house and they try to threaten me, I'm, I'm going to have to defend myself. Jenna, that is an absolutely excellent question, and I think the answer to it depends on what state you live in and then what county you uh, you live in. Now, in Santa Rosa, Florida, not California, Santa Rosa, Florida, the sheriff there says, hey, King's X, you're doing us a favor. <laughs> so, no, you would not be prosecuted there. In California, Jenna, here's what general, and I'm doing a broad brush stroke here, understand that. Uh, what we can normally expect, especially here in California, and it really depends on what county you're in, uh, and who the DA is. But I think here in California, what you can expect is you are at least going to be detained, which may mean that you will have handcuffs on and you'll be sitting in the back of a police car. If, uh, if, if you actually hit the person, uh, injure them and, or kill them. Uh, I think you can at least expect that. And then you will be interrogated and they will try to develop a case uh, to ascertain whether or not there was a genuine uh, and uh, there's another word I'm looking for right here, but a, a present threat to your life. Uh, so, for example, uh, if if someone kicks in your front door and they have a shotgun in their hand and they point it at you and, and you shoot them, uh, I think probably the, the case is that you would be absolved and may not even be charged. However, if the person is uh, hyped up on drugs or drunk, and they kick in your door, they walk in and you shoot them. I think in California, you can probably expect that you would be charged with something and that the expectation would be that you would become the bad guy or the bad gal. 
that's just that the reality. Just so wrong. It it's, is. It's yeah. just it, it's it's so wrong because I have rights and it's it seems that um criminals have more rights than than we do. They could sue us if I shot somebody and I hurt them, they could say, "Oh, I'm suing them and press charges against me." And it's just it's not right. And Thank you for your your info because if if this does happen, I just want to know what to expect on what my rights are and what the process would be. But th- this is just so wrong on so many levels, and I just hate Gavin Grusom that is in office. And we're on we're we're thinking about moving right now because California is just getting too too out of hand. But I really love your show, and I, I really value your opinion. And um, keep going, Mike. I love, I love hearing you, and um, you're a great patriotic man. Well, Jenna, you blessed me today. Thank you so much for those words. I, I thank you very much for that. Uh, Jenna from Sonora. Oh, thank you're you. welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, and, and just to, uh, to tag on to our, our conversation with Jenna, here's, here's the real tragedy of a state like California. And again, depending on what county you're in, uh, someone breaks into your home and if they don't have a weapon that uh, the investigators think or the, uh, uh, the prosecutors think uh, a, a weapon that really amounts to a threat to your life, they will come up with some reason why you're at fault. And then that's the reality. That's what we have to think about. But here's the real problem. Here's the real tragedy of all of this is that then people go through uh, a second thought process. So someone comes, uh, breaks down the door and heads for them, and they, they delay, they hesitate. Uh, should I pull the trigger? Should I not? And you could be dead by then. See, that, that's the real tragedy here, is that you really are the victim. Someone breaking into your home, you are the victim. And when, when we, we think about an emergency situation, again, you react the way you've trained. However, when the adrenaline's running, when you're scared out of your wits, when it's dark and you're trying to protect maybe your spouse or you're trying to protect your children, you know, my, my gut says I'm going to protect I am going to protect my family regardless. But you see, I have to think about this ahead of time. So what does that mean, Mike? That means I'm willing to go to jail in order to protect my family. Ought not to be that way. And Jenna, I think you make a you made a good point about that. It ought not to be that way. A lot of things ought not to be the way they are. But that's uh, that's the reality. Now, maybe there are some of uh, if if you're in the legal profession out there and you have a different viewpoint on that, I I would welcome it. Those of you who handle uh, weapons a lot, I'd like to hear uh, your opinions on that as well. Uh, again, I'm giving you my opinion, my reaction to Jenna's question there. And again, my my sense is the tragedy of all of it 
is, I think, probably for the majority of the people in California, they're now going to second guess. And the split second it takes you and me to second guess, we can be dead or we can be attacked and, and wounded or our children can be attacked and wounded or we can be overcome by whoever is coming through the door. Well, let's see. Is that is that a uh, squirt gun or is is that a real pistol? <laughs> you know, is that baseball bat? Does does that constitute a, a threat to my life? Am I justified? I would say yes. But in California, you still have to think about the fact in advance. And again, we need to we need to role play these things in our minds in advance. Am I willing to go to jail to protect my family? And I am telling you, yes, I am willing to do that to protect my family. 209-551-3483. Mike Douglas Show continues in five minutes. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we engage in conversation about uh, some of the major issues of the day that directly affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley. We had a great call a few minutes ago by Jenna from uh, Sonora, and Jenna was asking about what what happens if someone comes into my home and I shoot them? And we were discussing uh, discussing that. Uh, here's Here's my question. Have any of you, and we talked about the fact that when you're in a life-threatening situation, you have only a millisecond, really, to decide what you're going to do. And a lot of that depends upon your training and your thinking ahead of time. But you really only have a millisecond oftentimes to to think of how to respond. And I, I want to ask a question. Have any of you been in a situation where you had to make a decision to shoot or not shoot? Maybe it was in law enforcement. Maybe someone was breaking into your home. Have you been in that situation? How did you handle it? If you want to use uh, an alias when you call, that's fine. 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. Allow me to... By, by the way, I was uh, talking to Jenna about uh, the fact that how you are treated, if you're the one whose house is being broken into and someone rushes at you, they have a weapon, you pull the trigger and they're injured or they die, uh, what what happens? And my initial comment to that was, I think a lot of that depends on what state you live and the sheriff or uh, the DA or the police chief, uh, whoever the law enforcement heads are in, in your particular county. Uh, I talked about the sheriff in Santa Rosa, Florida, not Santa Rosa, California, but Santa Rosa, Florida. His name is Bob Johnson, and he recently made this statement, which is uh, uncommon. 
but it's very interesting. Here's his thoughts, the sheriff of Santa Rosa uh, County in Florida. Here's what he says about defending yourself. We don't know what homeowner, which homeowner shot at him. Um, I guess they think that they did something wrong, which they did not. If somebody's breaking in your house, you're more than welcome to shoot them in Santa Rosa County. We prefer that you do, actually. Um, so whoever that was, you're not in trouble. Come see us. We have a gun safety class we put on every other Saturday. And if you take that, you'll shoot a lot better, and hopefully you'll save the taxpayers money. All right, so the setup there, the issue was that uh, there was a guy who was breaking into houses, and a uh, a couple, I guess, a, a husband and wife, he was trying to break into their house, and they shot at him. They didn't hit him. They shot at him. And uh, the police later arrested him as he was trying to flee or he was trying to break into other houses. I don't remember the specific details, but the police or the sheriff's department uh, arrested him. And apparently he told them he had been shot at. And so the, 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 the lead up to this quote from Sheriff Bob Johnson was about the fact that he said, look, you're not in trouble, whoever you are that, that shot at this guy. In fact, I encourage you to do that if someone's breaking into your home and threatening you. Uh, in fact, uh, we provide and notice this is in line with my recommendation here. He said, we have gun safety classes. We'll teach you how to appropriately handle a weapon and when to shoot, when not to shoot, gun safety, uh, etc. So uh, that I just wanted to follow up. Uh, and, and another element of that, and I I really want to park on this and underscore it. Hard to underline when you're on radio because it's not visual, but let me underscore it. Avoidance is always the first response. If you can possibly avoid a conflict, a confrontation, avoidance is the first thing to look for. Now, when it's in your home, different story. That's your home. I mean, you really don't have a lot of other places to go, right? It's your home. And if that person is intent on harming you, you don't really have much other other places to go. However, avoidance uh, when you're in a restaurant or you're in a parking lot, uh, you're in a public place, maybe you're at a sporting event, and a threat comes, the first order of business is, can I avoid this situation? Can I exit stage right, as they used to say in the animated uh, cartoons and in the entertainment industry? Can I remove myself from the situation and avoid a conflict? Again, that's a split-second decision, but I just wanted to reemphasize that avoidance is always the first thing to think about. How can I avoid this conflict? Again, someone's breaking into your home. It's, uh, it's a whole different, uh, different ball game. And uh, I've, I've had people say to me, for now, really? You would use lethal force if someone broke into your home and they were threatening your life or the life of your wife or kids? Yes. Well, but you're a pastor. And? And? We, we pastors are not supposed to defend our families? Of course we are. I could get very theological and 
pull out the way Jesus sent out his disciples uh, at one point and his recommendation to them. Uh, I'm not going to do that right now, but uh, I will. I will just say that any man who fails to defend his family, that's one thing if it's just you. If, if you decide, I'm okay about letting that person kill me, that is, or harm me, that is your decision. But when it comes down to family, or even friends that are with you, a man that does not defend his family, I think, is going to be accountable for that at some point. Well, that's sexist. What about women? All right. I'm including women in that. Include Jenna in that. And uh, that was a great call, by the way. Thank you, Jenna. All right. So again, if if any of you have been in a shoot-no-shoot situation you like to talk about it we'd love to hear from you uh jenna thank you for bringing up that subject our number here 209-551-3483 in fact the uh the range master that i often train with in uh, the initial classroom uh part of of trainings that he does i remember very vividly uh being in that first class when i first arrived here in the modesto area and was looking for um a range master and opportunities to train that I was comfortable with in terms of methodology. Uh, he said, there's a, a little box up here in the corner on the board. And that box reads shoot to kill. And he said, if you don't think you can check that box, if you don't think you can check that box, Get rid of the gun or lock it in the safe and don't bring it out again. You have to be able to check that box if you're going to arm yourself and if you're going to be safe with your uh, weapons. Uh, Have a retired FBI agent that just uh, messaged in four times. He was in that position. Uh, But he says they, uh, they all were stopping when I was getting ready to shoot and told them I was going to kill them. And uh, as in, uh, I don't want to be indelicate, but in law enforcement, we used to call that creating the pucker factor, and you can probably figure out what that means. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's serious. Uh, in, in my law enforcement days, I had one incident that was shoot, no shoot. I happened to have been directing traffic at a after a big sporting event and some drunk uh, 20-somethings uh, in a uh, uh, kind of like an open Jeep or a Range Rover or something like that. Anyway, they were, they were uh, speeding down residential areas, uh, running over lawns. And so uh, I was on foot, obviously, directing traffic, and I... I waved at them and told them they needed to stop, I waved them down, they stopped. Well, five of them jumped me. They they stole my nightstick, and they, one guy was about to bring the nightstick down upon my cranium, and I drew down on him, and I say, I'll kill you. That's all I said. I will kill you. And he dropped the nightstick. 
and about 15 other officers who were running on foot descended upon uh, upon my little event there, and the police helicopter was up, you know, directing people to come in. Anyway, those guys got hooked up and, and went to jail uh, and all of that. But uh, anyway, I only had one. I did not shoot. Something told me he'll drop it, and so I told him I'd kill you, and he uh, he dropped my nightstick. They also tore the badge off my uniform, and it was a boy did I take a ribbing over that. Let's go to the phones real quickly. You've been asking if people have been in situations like that, or if you have questions uh, or comments about people breaking into your own home, into your own property. Let's go back to the phones. 209-551-3483. And uh, Mike from LaGrange, what are your thoughts today, Mike? Hey, um, I honestly would hate to have to shoot somebody and kill them. I, I truly would. But if you stick your head in my window, if you stick your foot in my in my house, and uh, you're breaking and entering, you're not going to get out of there alive. That's just the way that's going to end. But I would never want to be put in that position. But these people, when they're doing that, they're putting themselves in that position, you know. And biblically, uh, I'm kind of, you know, I, I, it's kind of hard for me to even want to do that because, you know, I, I realize that we're, you know, we're forgiven for our past, present, and future sins. And I don't know. I mean, I believe in defending my family, and, and that's what I'm going to do. And I'll, I'm pretty sure God will understand. Um, so, yeah, I would tell you, don't come around my, uh, first of all, if you come down my street at night, it's only only one person coming down my road. So you better hope I know you. And my dog will let you know before my dog will let me know before you even get close to my door that you're there. Um, but I just think it's horrible that you get put in that position. Yes. And because of all these criminals being released by Gavin Newsom, he's putting more and more people in this position. And not only that, you got to hope that you're, I live in Tuolumne County. You have to hope that your sheriff and your DA are going to realize that, you know, you have to defend yourself. I would hate to be put in that position in, like you say, Santa Rosa or in the Bay Area, because you're going to be the criminal for defending yourself. I'm hoping our sheriff out here would understand that and let you go. Absolutely. Um, Mike, some some great points there. And and Mike, I I agree with you. I would hate to ever do that. Uh, I would hate to ever do that. I don't want to take someone else's life. But it's between their life and mine, and especially their life or my family's, um, I can I can make that uh, call. Let's go back to the phones very quickly, 209-551-3483. Uh, to Oakdale we go. Nancy, Nancy, what are your thoughts? Uh, have you been in that type of a situation before? Yes, I was uh, I was home alone, and, uh, and uh, the two guys um, entered my home, and um, there was no time to react, even if I had the gun. There's no time to go get the gun. There's, I didn't even hit the power emergency panel that was right uh, two, two steps away from me because you go into complete shock. You, you can't even believe that it's happening to you. So I don't, really, I don't really believe in the guns because you just don't have any time to react unless you're professionally trained. You're absolutely right, Nancy. The training is the critical issue. How did you handle it? What very quickly? What what was the outcome? Total panic, screaming, uh, was beaten up, mm. and there was a trial, 
and they caught him, and they, they were found guilty. But the most horrific thing is that I have to live with the trauma for the rest of my life. Yes, and and that emotional scar does last, last a lifetime. You, not you personally, but in general, it can be dealt with, but it's always there, right? Right, and it's, it's uh, living with, with uh, I mean, I'm able to do a lot of things now. I'm able to live my life, but, uh, but the trauma will always be with you. But as far as thinking that you're going to have the time to go to your drawer and grab your gun and react, it, it, there's just nothing I could have done. There's absolutely R- nothing. Absolutely. And it was helpful yes. to have. It was helpful to have the sergeants and, I mean, the. it was helpful to have the police officers and investigators assure me that there was nothing I could have done differently. It was assuring. It helped me to heal in that way. That's uh, that. That's to their credit. That's good. Nancy, thank you so much for your call, for sharing that with us. And uh, you, all that you say is very, very true. Uh, Nancy, again, thanks for the call. And uh, I think one of the things it also points out is if you if you do have a weapon at home that you intend to use to, as self-defense, needs to be available where you are within reach. If it's in a safe, it's in, if it's tucked in a drawer somewhere, not much of a help. Got to run. I'll be back in three minutes, though, on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And thank you so much for joining us here on the Mike Douglas Show this Thursday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And I have to say, I think you are the most wonderful radio audience that there is. Uh, your observations are so good. Your thinking, your 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 presentations, and your calls are well thought out. And I want I can't tell you what a joy it is to be your concierge for conversation as we discuss these issues. I just so much appreciate you and appreciate the time that we have together uh, Monday through Friday, three to five p.m. here on the Mike Douglas Show. A uh, couple of things as uh, we wind down today. Um, don't know that we really have time to get into the baby formula shortage. I will bring that up tomorrow. By the way, tomorrow is Friday, and Friday is what's on your mind Friday. What's on your mind Friday? That's uh, an opportunity for you to call in and talk about issues maybe we haven't covered during the week that you would like to briefly talk about. Or if you haven't had a chance to weigh in on issues we have talked about, that's your opportunity as well. Again, that's up for tomorrow. And uh, we'll get into this baby formula shortage. I've uh, there's, there's some surprising things involved in this. Uh, very quickly, a couple of updates as we, uh, as we end the hour. Hour here. Uh, did you know that there are attorneys general from 20 states that are uh, that they're saying they're going to head to court if this disinformation governance board is not dissolved? They're maintaining, as I feel, that this board violates First Amendment rights among the states involved. Well, very quick now by a raise of hands. What state do you think is not involved in suing the federal government over this? 
Yes, you're right. California is not on the list. The, uh, the states involved, the attorneys general of these states are going to sue if uh, the Biden administration doesn't dissolve the Disinformation Governance Board. Uh, the states threatening to do that are Texas, Florida, Kentucky, and Virginia. And by the way, uh, the Chesa Bodine recall, the DA in San Francisco, just an update on that. Apparently, a a survey was done. 57% of respondents plan on voting yes on Measure H to recall San Francisco DA Chesa Bodine. 57% say yes to recalling him. 22% say no. 21% say they don't know. Well, we'll be back on What's On Your Mind Friday tomorrow at 3 o'clock here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great evening.